Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast was sponsored by Happy Mash. Happy Mash. Closing the orgasm gap one vibrator at a time. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm your host Demi Lynch and as always we are going to be looking at some issues relating to the world of intersectional feminism and this week we are looking at two particular topics. One being issues relating to the deaf community and also the destigmatization of sex workers and I thought the perfect person to come into the podcast today to talk about these particular topics would be Katia Schwartz. Now, she is the founder and owner of this incredible inclusive studio called Sky Sirens. Now, Sky Sirens features pole, burlesque, aerial classes, performances, and I'm just so excited to finally speak to Katya. Shout out to the TNWC follower that let me know of this incredible human being. I'm so glad I'm now aware of Katya and the incredible work she is doing, not only for the deaf community, but also just for being fabulous as fuck and also just making other people feel sexy as fuck. (laughs) That deserves a reward, I believe. But anyway, I am so excited for you all to tune in to today's interview. Now, I have decided to broadcast this interview on not only the podcast apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but also as well on YouTube. I think this is something I am definitely going to be doing for now on, especially when it comes to the upcoming season, which is later in December, just so then... The Nasty Woman Club can be a more inclusive space and I want people of the deaf community and also people that may struggle listening to podcasts, I want them to be able to listen to these stories, tune into these stories and get a better understanding of the world of intersectional feminism and the issues that is currently happening in today's society. So Enough of my mumbling. I think we need to head on over to the fabulous interview with Katya Schwartz. Would it would it be okay if you could say an example of something that has happened to you that a particular event or you going somewhere that it wasn't inclusive for people in the deaf community? Uh, there are so many examples. I mean, <laughs> so one example, it's happened many, many times to me. So I will check a movie time, for example. I'll go online, I'll research, I'll find a movie time that has captions. Amazing, I'm excited, I wanna go. It's a perfect event for me. And my partner calls up and they double check, are you sure it has captions? 
just to be sure. And the person on the phone goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a caption session. It has captions. So my partner, okay, great. Let's go. We plan it. We arrive. We buy popcorn. We buy our drinks. We buy our chocolate. All of our movie snacks. We're excited. We go in. We're sitting down. We're having a look. The movie starts. There's advertisements. You know, at first they don't have captions. They don't usually caption those, which is fine by me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And then the movie starts and there's no captions. Oh. And I'm just like, uh, I passed. I went to the effort of asking. I paid for my ticket. I changed into fancy clothes. I'm dressed up for this night. I've arrived. I'm on a date with my partner and then I can't even watch this movie. And in front of all of the audience, everyone in the theatre, I have to stand up with all my stuff, pack it all up, popcorn, haven't even touched my popcorn, haven't even eaten it yet. And I have to leave in front of everybody and I have to make a complaint about this. And it's just, you know, I have to say, I told you this, I asked you this and blah, 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 and go through that whole scenario. I, you know, I have to tell them I checked online and it's just really frustrating. So, yeah, that's just one thing that happens in my life. It happens all the time. Um, there's also so many other things I could talk about. Like, you know, if I want to go to a show, a performance, I have to check. I have to do all this labor. I have to check, do you have an Auslan interpreter? Oh, sometimes they booked an interpreter, but they don't even advertise it. So I don't even know if I can go. Or sometimes I book an interpreter. They book an interpreter, but the interpreter is standing like hidden in the dark. There's no lighting. I can't see them. They don't have deaf chairs, you know, a section for deaf people to sit at so they can see their interpreter. It's, it's really frustrating. So I think a lot of those problems, people, you know, people want to be inclusive. They try to be inclusive and they're trying to provide access, but they just don't know how. It obviously seems then that when they are arranging that, they're obviously not speaking to someone that is deaf because like with many situations, if you don't have someone actually in the room telling them, oh, if you want to be inclusive, you have to do it this way. Yeah, they obviously then just, they're not actually listening to people, the deaf community. No, you're right, they're not. And a lot of people try to be inclusive and they're trying to be inclusive for clout, just for attention, not because they want to, but that, yeah. Mm-hmm, Yeah. They want to be inclusive to a way that because it's quote unquote trendy. Yeah, that's true. You're right. And they want people in the audience to look at them and see, oh, there's an online interpreter. Wow, that's amazing. But if the interpreter doesn't have the right skills or experience for that event, or if they're standing in the dark, or if if the host doesn't actually work with the interpreter, there are skills that you need for that it's not uh really accessible i wouldn't call that access so i read your post which by the way i think it's absolutely brilliant how you put it together and made it so digestible for people to understand is how exactly people can create events and be more inclusive what are some ways that people can be more inclusive when they create are creating these events and conferences and that So I think you need to have a look at all the different various communities in the disabled community and discuss with some of those community members. Inquire about their needs 
ask them just what do you need? What are your needs? And I think that is the best first step, best place to start. If you do have experience in a specific community or in event creating or event management, and if you want to, you know, create an event for a performance or you know, something, you want to you want to set up an event, you can have a look, have a look at interpreters, not just you know an interpreter, but you need to also think about the tickets, you know, the tickets for deaf people, where they're going to sit. They can't just sit in anywhere in the audience. They need to sit near the interpreter. They need to be able to see the interpreter clearly. And that, you know, there's lots of other things involved in that. So you can talk to the deaf community and ask their specific needs. Another thing to consider, think about people who are low vision and blind in your audience. They require audio descriptions. And audio descriptions are, um, you know, if something's happening on the stage, they would have someone accompanying them and saying things like, uh, there's a person standing on the stage and they're wearing this. They're wearing, um, you know, rhinestones. They're, they're wearing a shirt or describing what is happening, really. And also those people need to be seated at the front as well. It's like, it's like the deaf, um, deaf community and the deaf blind community as well. So a lot of intersections there. Another thing to consider, so people who are neurodivergent, sometimes those people need some information about what's happening in the event. So for example, if there are gonna be flashing lights or strobing lights, they need to know um, in terms of uh, sensory experiences. Some people don't have a problem with that, but other people could be greatly affected by it. And sometimes you need to specifically say, I will have lights on, but not flashing lights. So there will be stage lights, but no strobe lights. So try to give them as much information, not, not giving them just a brief overlook, because when people have the information, they have power, they are empowered and they can decide, they can make a decision if I can go to this event or not. Those are three that I've mentioned so far. Um, on the topic of neurodivergence, you can, you can have like a safe space or a quiet space for people who need to just step out for a second, just separate to where the main event is happening. Sometimes people just get completely overwhelmed and I think that's always a good idea to provide a quiet space. I've actually been thinking about wanting to add one of that to one, one of those spaces to one of my events. I've received some feedback about it and I'm, I'm considering how I can include that in my events. I do think it's important to always keep improving and, you know, always keep learning. You're not going to get it right the first time and that's okay, but it is important to keep those discussions open and ask for feedback and take it on. I think um, another thing for accessibility, I mean, I, there are so many things I can think of for accessibility. I don't know if you want me to keep going. Um, <laughs> Because I mean, <laughs> you know, there's wheelchair access, always <laughs> uh, walker, uh, mobility aids. And I mean, we could go on. <laughs> yeah. I think it is great, though, what you mean that people should at least try not just do the bare minimum. I think that's just the least we can ask for is just, yeah, don't just don't just be mediocre and just trying to be inclusive. Actually strive to keep being more and more inclusive. I think my biggest problem when I ask events, 
and who do you have an interpreter or what's your access? Um, they come back to me and they say, oh, I don't have enough money to do that. There's no funding. And I think, well, I mean, you can pay for your host, your MC. You can pay for your performers. You're paying for your venue, you, you know, wherever you're holding the event. So I think it's really about prioritising access. I think there needs to be more of that because it is important. And I think um, thinking outside the box, that's gonna, that's really important. Like sometimes people don't have finances. They, that's an access issue too. People who can't afford to go to events. So everyone's needs are different. So, you know, you could have differently priced tickets for financial accessibility, like tiered pricing. And also it's important to think about your First Nations audience members, your Indigenous people in your local community, because I, I believe they should actually be attending events for free. Absolutely agree. Definitely agree with that. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you all about today's sponsor, Happy Mash. It's normal to try different things in the bedroom, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to switch things up. In fact, after conducting a poll with my TNWC followers, I found that many of you enjoy trying new forms of play in the bedroom. 45% of you tried handcuffs, 50% of you have tried blindfolds. Now, another fun way to spice things up in the bedroom is also by incorporating sex toys. Sex toys aren't just for masturbating. They can be used on yourself or your partner during sexy time. Happy Mash have a great range of sex toys that can be incorporated during intercourse. This lady startup is dedicated to closing the orgasm gap and has easy to digest information about what sex toys can be used for certain pleasure spots in the bedroom. So make sure when you go to checkout, use the code NASTYWOMAN20 to get 20% off all toys store-wide. Happy Mash. Closing the orgasm gap, one sex toy at a time. Now, back to today's episode. So the other topic I definitely want to look into is the sex work industry and how you don't... Uh, I'm trying to think where I saw it. Um... It was on your Instagram and you spoke about how you don't want to hide the fact that what you do has the history of the sex work industry. And I really, really do love that. Yeah, I think it's really important that this industry, like the pole burlesque performance industry, that all of that history comes from sex work. It all originated from sex work. So we in the industry everyone who's involved in it, we really need to preserve that. We need to preserve that culture, that history, because we have to respect, like, where it came from. We need to respect who started it, who created it. So, yeah, I really do think it's important that we hire people who have that background in the industry So if we have a pole studio, for example, you need to be hiring sex workers, not only sex workers, uh, and not only because of the history, sorry, but because of the fact that they actually have more value in their experience and in their classes. They can teach their students 
the history. They can teach their students all of the very all of the different things about like how they do these skills in their workplace, how they like how to put these skills into context, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think really only sex workers can teach that component of the class. I think, and I, I, I think it's vital in our industry. I think it's also really important that normal people are called normal who are not <laughs> sex workers, civilians, we call them. <laughs> um, but, you know, normal, what's normal? But I really, I really think it's important that they get involved in our culture. I think that, yeah, that involvement and practicing and training our tra- craft and teaching them our craft that is that's re- I love doing that I think that's critical that we do that it's amazing that we can share those things because it keeps it alive and it gives us money <laughs> uh, <laughs> so funny. like you know if you know I think it's important to um, support the sex work industry and sex work owned businesses because once people once people finish sex work, like for example, for me, I don't have any other jobs on my resume. What am I going to do when I'm not sex working? I need to teach people how to be sexy. You know, like that's what I do. <laughs> I love that so much, and it's so true. And I have to ask as well: since you have started your own business, then what has been your reaction with your customers, your audience, with not only you being inclusive, for example, people with disabilities, but also actually including sex workers in the conversation and not ostracizing them. So I'm going to backtrack a bit to give Uh you some context for my answer. When I first started my business, I was still a sex worker. So that's how I was able to establish my business. Um, but in the past six years or six years ago, the stigma about sex work was so severe. I didn't have a lot of information. Um, there was no lot of information promote like promotions. I didn't. I wasn't able to post on Instagram. I had no access to that because I was really scared of people realizing that I was a sex worker, people thinking, oh, she's a sex worker. I felt quite ashamed of that actually six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently now on Instagram, it's more awareness about the sex industry. You know, you can see that there's a, lots of other sex workers out on social media. The stigma I think has been less recently. So now I feel more safe to announce and come out as a sex worker, you know, like saying I've got sex work experience and my studio was established from sex work, I I feel more safe to do that these days. Yeah. But also I am a little bit older. I don't really care as much anymore. So, you know, I'm like, who cares when I get toughened up a bit? Um, but I think when I started to tell people, about my sex work um, past and how I set up the studio. I mean, I think that's when I had sex workers starting to come here and feeling like they could be included here because it was a safe space for them and they felt like they could connect with us on that level. And also people with disabilities too. 
because before when I started the studio, when I first, I mean, the first, when I first opened the business, I had no idea about disabilities or access or anything like that. I, I really, I was clueless, I had no idea. But I learned over time, I discussed with different communities and different community members. And when I started making policies about inclusion and inclusivity, and then telling people, you know, this is how we do things, making it more transparent and obvious, uh, that we have inclusion policies, I think that made more people with disabilities feel comfortable to come here to our studio. I've noticed in the last few years that a lot of people are happy to tell me, oh, I saw your studio um, was accessible and uh, like other studios don't have information about that. So, you know, I was really just keen to come here because of that, yeah. Well, I think that's so amazing that, yeah, you've just created an environment that's not only inclusive for you, but yeah, inclusive for everyone of all abilities and all backgrounds. I think you should be so proud of yourself for that. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So the next, the last set of questions I have then is every week on the podcast, we ask our guests their highlight and low light of the week. I'll start with the bad. Yes, yes, yes. Start with the bad. <laughs> okay. okay. So recently I've been watching a TV show called The Block. And okay. Oh. You know, I love The Block. I want to be on The Block. I want to be in that show. Well, yes, with that um, interior design behind you, yes. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so I've watched every single episode of that show. I've seen all of them. I've seen all of the block. <laughs> and the very, very, very last episode, the finale, what happens? No caption. No, no. Yes, I know, I know. So everyone else knows who won, <laughs> but I have no idea. I still don't know. My partner has messaged and gotten in contact by Instagram um, to Channel 9, advocating for me, really. Yeah. And nothing, absolutely nothing got nothing in return so like we got a bot reply that's it from channel nine so my partner then posted on the instagram stories about it someone responded someone saw it and said that their friend works at channel nine and then (laughs) that friend or that person told their friend could you please add the captions onto that last episode and the friend was like yeah for sure it just doesn't but they don't work in that department but they were like look you know we'll make it happen I'll give it a try anyway that person got back to me okay it's got captions now and so I was really excited I jumped 
straight on to watch it. And but the captions are absolutely shit. They do not actually match what the people are saying. So, and I have no idea who's talking. I have no idea what's going on. And so I still can't watch it. It's just, it's not possible for me to make sense of it. Anyway, so I'm sorry, in relation to that, the lowest part of my week was I went to Facebook and I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on my feed and what pops up, who won the blog? No. So that's the most devastating No. <laughs> so it's all ruined for me now. <laughs> I still haven't watched the finale. I just want to watch shit TV. Deaf people want to watch shit TV. They want to watch crap TV, just like all of you. <laughs> that should be the podcast title, is just deaf people want to watch shit TV too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, The Bachelorette on channel 10, on channel 10, okay, when I saw that... You have, they have an Indigenous woman who's also a bisexual. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm queer myself. I was really excited. I wanted to watch it. I was just so keen to see it. And then it doesn't have captions, so I can't watch it. So here I am again. I just want, I just want to watch The Bachelor. <laughs> That's all I want to do. <laughs> Also, I think that's why deaf people are excluded from the hearing community, the mainstream community, because we can't watch mainstream TV and we don't know, like, pop culture and stuff like that the same way you do. Yeah. I have to ask for anyone that is part of the deaf community that is listening, watching to this interview, what ha- what platforms have been the best with having shows that do have subtitles in them? What have been pretty good for you? Okay. ABC. I love oh, ABC. Yes. They're really amazing. Oh, I know. I don't know. SBS. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they miss the mark. Mm-hmm. I do have a funny story about the SBS, actually. Mm-hmm. I was interviewed by them. I was, I was interviewed for a film thing for them anyway. They asked me all these questions about my story. You know, it was really cute. It was really nice. Um, and then I said to, I gave them some feedback actually later because the night before I had tried to watch something on SBS and there were no captions. Anyway, so I tried to watch a lot of different things on SBS and they were just, none of them were captioned. Like I just, I ran out of options and I got really frustrated about it. So the next day I'm at this interview um, you know, and I've got SBS right there in front of me. I'm going to give them that feedback. <laughs> so I said, your, some of your shows don't have any captions. And they were like, oh, what? I'm so sorry. I will try to fix that for you or try to rectify it. What's the show called? Anyway, I thought, I completely forgot all of the shows that I had tried to watch the night before, except for one. Which was? It was about hairy vaginas. <laughs> the only one I could was about hairy vaginas. <laughs> I have to say, um, it's that one about hairy vaginas. Yeah, that's the one that's not captioned. So the SPS people, 
who are there to interview me, thought like, who is a crazy deaf person wanting to watch a Karen Diner TV show? I'm quite embarrassed, actually. Oh, I love that so much. You just want to watch shit TV and shows about hairy vaginas. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so what was your highlight of the week then? Okay, so last week, not this week, I got to teach a class. For the first time in so long, it's been a while. Because I had surgery earlier in the year um, and it was quite painful. So it was the first time I've been back to teaching. And my class all just know a little bit of Auslan, which is so nice. And they all said to me, um, how are you? They did this like, how are you? And they could fingerspell all of their names. And I just felt really, um, I went home and cried, you know, because I just felt amazing. Normally that wouldn't happen. And so that was just really beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. That would have been so lovely. Yeah, it really felt amazing. I felt like that's why I love teaching. It was really affirming for me. What's it like being able to do classes now, now that lockdowns are hopefully lifted for a while? <laughs> well, look, uh, it's hard for me mm. because we have a lot of policies and rules about COVID and COVID safety. And it's expensive too. Mm. We have to buy extra cleaning products and sprays. We have to pay for more laundering um, because we're using towels to clean our spaces. And also we have to teach and train the staff all of these procedures. So it's been quite hard. So it's a bit of a process and I'm pretty exhausted from it actually. So I feel like my experience last week actually made me feel, you know, quite relieved and that it was all worth it. Um, because there's been such a build-up and sometimes when you work behind the scenes and you don't see people enjoying their classes, you don't see the outcome of all your effort, it's really hard. It feels like nothing. You know, it feels like I'm doing it for nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's so good to see that, yeah, your classes have now reopened and hopefully we can go back to somewhat a normal world again. Yeah. I have my fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for chatting with me today. I learned so much from you and you just have such a amazing, incredible story and I love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. And thank you for interviewing me. Thank you so, so very much, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast, wherever you're tuning in, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. Feel free to let us know how you are loving the Nasty Woman Club platform. Give us your thoughts. Give us your feedback. We love it all. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a rating a five rating would be fabulous because yeah everything helps get 
this platform noticed and heard by more people in the intersectional feminist community. But anyway, that is the final episode of 2021's, not 2021, this is the final, sorry, I'm mixing up my ending now. This is the final episode of this season for the Nasty Woman Club podcast. It is not the last episode for 2021. I am releasing one last episode at the very, very end of December, and that is going to be starting season three. And yeah, so for the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to be taking a little bit of a break, but don't stress, season three will be coming back end of December, so we can kick off 2022 with a bang. But yes, I am still going to be on the Instagram platform, still going to be on Facebook, feel free to come into my DMs, give me your feedback, let me know who you you would like on the show, let me know even if you would like to be on the show and talk about issues relating to intersectional feminism, and plus as well, let me know if there's any other ways I can be more inclusive with the platform and feature as many voices that represent intersectional feminism. So... Yes, I will see you all soon, talk to you all soon. But in the meantime, make sure you head on over to the Nasty Woman Club on Instagram. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone. We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yaraga and Turbul people whose sovereignty was never ceded. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.